welcome to the Future Focused Admin Podcast, hosted by Candace and Jessica, your modern admin besties. Join us on a journey to revolutionize administrative excellence in the workplace. We're here to empower, inspire, and equip you with the tools you need to thrive as a forward-thinking admin. From productivity hacks to digital transformation, we cover it all. Featuring industry experts and thought leaders, we bring you invaluable insights and success stories. Streamline your workflow, enhance your skills, and navigate the changing admin landscape with us. Get ready to unlock your full potential on the Future Focused Admin Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Episode 8 of the Future Focused Admin. For those of you that can't see Jessica and I, we just had a little dance for our intro. Uh, For those of you on YouTube, you're welcome. Today, we are going to chat about admin titles, which is such a spicy topic. If not weeks, months ago, I can't remember, time just doesn't stick with me anymore. There was an article that went around about assistants kindly requesting that you stop calling them assistants. And there's been other articles around this, you know, insert admin assistant, insert chief of staff, insert, like there's just been so many articles about us as a profession not wanting to be called names that are in our profession. And never written by an admin. (laughs) So that's always fun. Let's have a little chat about one admin titles and what it's done for us in our careers. And then I think we can kind of jump into the different admin titles. Obviously, not all of them. I think there's like 162 that the Global Matrix have counted. So for me personally, an admin title was money gaining. I was a receptionist when I started my admin career. Obviously, that was the lower end of the administrative pay rank. And so the more I went up in title, the more money I got. So it wasn't even just a prestige, but it absolutely was. I desperately wanted to be an executive assistant. There was something about it that just had the word executive in it as well. So I assumed I was an executive when I took on that role. If you listened to a previous podcast, I was telling the story about how I just assumed that I should be in all my bosses meeting because I was now an executive. But on the flip side of that, you can be whatever title, but it depends on what bracket you're in or who you work for as well. So you can be called an executive assistant your whole life or your whole career, but you could be an executive assistant to the office manager, or you could be an executive assistant to a chairman. Your title didn't change, but your money did. It's different for each person. It's different in each country. It's different in each circumstance. So I know so many people that are proud assistants. They call themselves assistants because they're proud of it. And that's their career path and that's their chosen title. Let's jump into that. So let's first talk about the article. So it was, Assistants kindly request that you stop calling them assistants by Ariane Cohen. You know, it's quoted a few people that are high profile in our industry. There was also um, a backlash and this was kind of the thing that I picked up on. I didn't pick up on the article because it's US-based. But it was when it came to LinkedIn and people were getting hot and heavy over it. They were like, how dare you diminish my title? How dare you? I haven't been an assistant for this long. Like, it just went crazy, didn't it? I remember texting you being like, whoa, look at this. This lit up. It caused a few ripples, to say the least. But people had a lot of opinions about it. I was confused about the issue. I thought they were upset about the chief of staff situation. Yes, I do remember this article coming out and I do think that it did cause the ripple. I don't know. It's hard when you have fought so hard to get like a certain level of respect. I don't really personally have an issue with being called an assistant in any way, but I definitely find that I describe 
the way that I provide support to be more of a strategic business partner. But like, I don't need that as my title by any means, but I think that it's a very good descriptor of what we do. And it can be often really hard to describe what you do as an executive assistant. So I think there is something too, like the pay though, is because like I, I worked a lot of like admin jobs that were not called admin jobs. Like I worked as like sales coordinator, but like I wasn't doing sales. I was doing like the coordination of like the admin work and behind the scenes. I had several jobs like that. And then a lot of times I also kind of ended up like skewing into operations and doing the things that kind of kept a company going behind the scenes. But I wanted an executive assistant job. I really did. And I was always applying for them, but like I couldn't get in because I didn't have exactly labeled executive assistant experience. So it was hard for me to like crack that nut of like to get into the industry. You know, we've talked about before, like I became an executive assistant by becoming a virtual assistant, like after working in operations and, you know, was immediately able to like negotiate like a higher pay. So it was like, well, I'm supporting the CEO now. I am, you know, C-level executive assistant. Immediately, like I said, immediately started making more money and that made a big difference. And now I can continue to parlay that into like higher level executive assistant work if I wanted it. And it really does make a big difference what your title is. I don't think I understood like how much it mattered for a long time, but it makes sense. Like that's how they're going to like code things. And I think that probably is like the most like well-known title. I just don't know that I ever got like mad about it. Exactly right. Like, why would you apply for a job that you're not happy with the title? It says here, I call myself an associate. I'm more likely to get management level remuneration. I have worked in investment banking and associates are the people that have just come out of their degrees and are doing associate type work in the investment bank area. They're not assistants. Assistants are people who are assisting the teams. So I think associate would be mixing. I don't think that's the right title either. Who is it? Google. Google uses business partner, don't they? I've seen a lot of companies switching to executive business partner, especially in the tech industry. So I feel like that's more of a progression of the title. And I guess if I think about it, when I think assistant, which is what the role is, you're assisting, but I do think, okay, you are here to assist. So can you please assist in doing some of the lower level jobs, e.g. getting coffee? Like that is assisting this meeting by going and getting us coffee. I know a lot of people are okay with that. I'm not. I was going to ask, like, are you, oh, like, as I have no experience in terms of being a corporate executive assistant and like the expectations that come along with that. And I've seen in the past, like other people talk about it and they, they kind of take this like stance of like, I'm not too good to do these tasks. I get that as someone who has like, you know, given their blood, sweat and tears to organizations and put their mental health on a line, there's not much that like I won't do to support an organization. But I just feel like women have fought entirely too hard for rights in this world for me to still be getting coffee for a group of primarily men. Because like, like, let's be real, the numbers still speak for themselves that it's still a lot of men that are in the executive level. So yeah, I don't really want to be asked to get refreshments. In my personal experience, in my younger years, I may have served coffee in the boardrooms and stuff when I was a receptionist and things like that because you looked after the boardrooms and whatnot. But unless I am going for a coffee, 
my presence in that meeting is just as important as everyone else's. Why should I be going out and getting the coffee? What I will say is though that in my later career, I worked for big companies. So we had service providers. So we had kitchens that did catering and stuff. So you just had to, when you book the room, you put in coffee, tea, cookies, and always add extra to give to the assistants later. I was just thinking I've scavenged many a remaining, you know, coffee, muffin, anything, you know, tell me where it's at and I'm coming running. Over cater so that you can take it into the room with all the other younger people that can't afford lunch either. And you're like, I here, I serve you. But yeah, so I didn't have to do that. But one thing I did do is with my executives, if I saw them flailing, if I saw they couldn't keep their eyes open, if they had come back from a red eye flight, of course I'm going to get them something to help them. It's the expectation though that there's a meeting on, can you please go and get us coffee? It's like, no, I will help my executive absolutely to stay awake and if they haven't eaten and everything like that, as we've said in a previous podcast, not a problem with that. It's not that. It's the fact that there's a meeting on that I'm meant to be in and you are looking at me as the assistant to go and get the coffee run. Not okay with that. But I'm also very much an executive assistant. I don't do personal work. Anytime any executive would ask me to do personal work, I would get rather defensive about it because I was like, this company pays for me to make money for this company. It'll help you make money for this company. It's not about getting napkins for your dinner party on the weekend or you know stuff that can be done on Amazon. Like literally, you just go click, 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 and it's delivered to your house. I noticed a big thing of that in, well, in, in a lot of jobs, but particularly in London, because we were right in central London, it was so easy to just pop out and, you know, grab stuff for whatever. But it's just like, no, you get out on your lunch break and do it. Like that wasted their lunch break. That was their time out to go and have, you know, 15 minutes in the sunshine. It always kind of was a bugbear for me. And it's not because I feel like I'm too good for it. It was that I felt like you're only looking at me at that. You wouldn't ask him or you wouldn't ask her to do it. It's that I have the name assistant in my title that you think that that's part of my role and it's not. I always was that person who was like keen to serve, like just like naturally when I worked in an office, like it was who I was that I wanted to not like take care of people around me if I enjoyed working with them, especially like. I would happily bring in people's coffee orders or, you know, bring them little treats. But like, I find that you can easily, if you do this stuff, like out of the kindness of your heart, like not like because you're getting paid to do it, you can kind of pigeonhole yourself as like the office mom. And then they're automatically coming to you to do those things. Like, you know, even when it's not your job responsibility. And I definitely made a choice at a certain point in my career where I wasn't going to do that anymore because I did not want to be considered the office mom. I wanted to be taken quite seriously. And, you know, I feel bad to say that, but like, I really do feel like it affects the way that like you're seeing within an organization. Don't feel bad. That's exactly how you feel. And someone else feels exactly the opposite because they love being the mom. I know. But like when I really unpacked why that was, like why I wanted, I enjoyed that, right? It was because I enjoyed feeling needed. Well, why do you feel enjoy feeling needed. Well, probably because I didn't get enough love as a child. Like you, like when you unpack all these things and then like you heal from them and then you're just kind of like, oh, I don't want to be the office mom. I don't want to be seen as the person who takes care of everybody. Like, I don't know. Like I, it's 
not for me anymore, but that's a whole lot about like psychobabble. If you enjoy being the office mom, that's totally on. That's totally fine. It's not for me anymore. There has been office moms where you're just like, oh my God, thank God they're around. And they love it. They love being the go-to person. They're the one with band-aids in their drawer. They're amazing. They're wonderful people and they enjoy that part of their role. I don't. And that's okay too. Each to their own on how they do this career, whether you want to be... The other part of it is I'm a very red A-type personality, a very alpha person. So I'm very direct. I'm very result-driven. I'm very now, now, now. I'm not the soft blue come sit and chat for an hour. Like, I'm happy for you to come over and have a chat, but I was always so busy. I was like, yes, what's your request? What's your action item? What do you want out of this discussion? But outside of that, when I was having lunch with people and whatnot, great, happy to have a chat and whatnot. But while I'm in working hours, I'm a beast. I'm like getting shit done. I just had to keep my headphones on because I didn't understand that people just stand around. This is one of the things about going back to the office that like, I can't even imagine anymore. It's like, If I never have to sit in an office and listen to a team of salesmen talk about their golf game while like I am just like crying from how busy I am, maybe I'll die happy. But like I people just wanted to go into the office and like chit chat. I didn't have that luxury in my job. Like I really was, you know, you said I very much the same where it's like just direct, like, please just tell me what you want. Like I remember when I worked in a global organization. We had like a German team and I loved working with the Germans. Oh my God. They were so efficient. They just were straight to the point. Like there was none of this like flowery. I hate when the Americans are like, hi, Jessica, how was your weekend? I hope everything was wonderful for you. As we move on, it's like ChatGPT wrote an email all the time. Like it's just like four or five flowery paragraphs before you finally get to like what the ask is. And I've always been like kind of chided in my career for like being too direct. But like, I don't have time to write you a blog post about like my grandmother's like carrot cake recipe just to get to the point where like I ask you for what I need. Like, let's just cut to the chase. We have a professional working relationship. I'm just going to ask you for what I need. I don't have time for otherwise. (laughs) We're very busy people. Actually, Liv Wilson wrote a comment on LinkedIn about our podcast as Lucy Brazier kindly shared it over the weekend. And she said, oh, I just love that Candace and Jessica are able to say it how it is. And it's just like, that is exactly how it is. Like, and that is me in general. Like, as I said to her in the post, I had a report card that said Candace doesn't have an issue with speaking her mind and, and speaking up for any injustice that she feels. <laughs> and it's like, it's true. Like you, I was kind of reprimanded for not being fluffy enough, not being, not that I was, people couldn't come to me, but my emails were very direct. And I was just like, cause I want a result out of it. I don't want to know about your grandma's banana cake either. I want to know what it is that you need. Cause I need to crack on with my day. That's just an A-type personality, maybe, but that's just how I work. But if you talk to anyone that knows me, they would never say, oh, she's rude or she's whatever else. It's just I am very, especially as an executive assistant, I am very results-driven and getting stuff done. Now that I've kind of stepped out of the EA world, I'm a lot more calmer because I control my own flow. And if things don't get done, I don't worry about being reprimanded by my executive. If I don't get it done, that's on me. But going back to the title thing, In Australia, chief of staff is quite new and it's not the same as America. So in America, we see on our TV shows, because everything's American, (laughs) we grew up watching everything that you guys created. Chief of staff was like the president's assistant or, you know, military 
It was a very consultant analysis type, not an admin role is what I'm trying to get to. Whereas people, mainly tech companies now in Australia, have now started seeing the value of a chief of staff. And there is a lot more chief of staff positions. Some of them do not deserve chief of staff title. They want to just look like they're cool and big enough that they have a chief of staff. But when you, you read the job description, you're like, nah, that's not a chief of staff. A lot of it, especially like with the startups, is they want you to have startup experience and be able to help them through funding rounds and things like that. So everyone's got a different idea of what they want the chief of staff to be. But then there's like a whole bunch of people out there that are coaching in chief of staff, which are all different as well. So people think, oh, yeah, I want to be a chief of staff. I go down this channel. Well, you're not going to come out and be a chief of staff as in a career progression from executive assistant to chief of staff. You're going to come out with like a consultant type ability, like because it's completely taking you through a whole nother avenue. Whereas if you, there's someone named Maggie, Maggie, someone, she did a podcast with Rachel Benetti recently, and she's a chief of staff coach, but she deals with admin. If you go through someone like her, you're going through the admin journey to go through chief of staff. But then there's a chief of staff association where it's like, of what they are taking you through. And also price difference. (laughs) Like, One is 20-odd thousand and one is hundreds. Like, do your homework before you decide that you want to be stepping into a chief of staff role. But also, I have this conversation with a lot of EAs that want, they kind of get to a point where they're like, I don't want to be an EA anymore. I want the next career progression. And they think that that's chief of staff, but they forget that there is actually other layers in between there. So, you can either go out or you can still go up. And one of it is executive, I think it's executive manager. So I was the executive manager of the CEO's office. So it was a, another title again, which again came with another band of salary. Or you can start moving into project management. Just because you're an EA it doesn't mean you tapped out and you hit the ceiling and you're like, that's it, I'm done. I've gone the highest I can go. Absolutely not. There's so much more scope in this. As I said, there's over 162 titles in this profession. Like, don't be thinking you can be getting bored. <laughs> there's plenty to do. And as you said, it doesn't necessarily mean it has to be an admin. You can be a coordinator. You can be in different industries. You're a sales coordinator. You're a marketing assistant. You're like all of these fit in the admin landscape. It's just they don't have that title as such. You hit the nail on the head where you said uh, you couldn't crack the nut to, there's a lot of analogies, hit the nail on the head and crack the nut, Um, (laughs) is that when I talk to especially people that are coming into Australia as working holiday makers, the Brits and the Irish usually, they say, I can't crack it. I can't get in. And I'm like, do some temp work. Just do some temp work at that title. And then boom, you have it on your CV. And that's all they need. It's that little bit of three months where you did executive assistant role in a job, in a title, like, and then you're in. If you're looking to make that move or you feel like you're not being able to do it, look at temping. Look at doing a contract. Look at doing something. You don't have to change your whole career. But you can just trial it in another position. It doesn't always have to be full-time. I know we've talked about this before. Sometimes you lose your benefits and things like that. So I'm not forgetting that. But if you have the ability to just do a contract or do a temp job where you can pull yourself up to the next title that you want to do. Or sideways, if you want to do project management, go for it. Go trial doing some project management work and see if it's something you want to do. And I just want to get the message clear that executive assistant is not the ceiling in our profession. I do feel like a lot of people do feel like they and they're hitting like a ceiling. Like that's something that seems pretty common. 
it's hard to know where to go when they've given you everything, where it's just you're stretched really thin. And sometimes you don't really even know, like, where can I take this? Because like, especially the idea that you're not like a specialist, right? Like, it's like, well, how do I transition to other areas of the business? And I think that kind of goes back to when we talked about being a strategic business partner in the past, where it's like, that's when it's so important to start using your network and, you know, talking to different people within your organization and talking to people within like your professional like admin networks and talking to them about their different paths that they've taken. Because there's so many different opportunities out there that like you wouldn't capture just by searching for an executive assistant role because there are so many different titles that you don't even think to like search for you're probably missing a lot of really cool jobs as well as like, it's just hard to know sometimes like how your skills transition. There's so many ways and you do so much stuff. I actually plug for chat GPT right now. Like it's great. If you say like, you don't really know what you want to do next, you can start talking to chat GPT about like, these are the parts of my job that I like, you know, here are some jobs that like I'm interested in. Here's my current job experience. And you can start asking like, what are some other jobs that like I might like? What are some other jobs that I might be qualified for? What are some alternative titles for what I'm doing now? And you can really kind of like think through different ways to shift your career. And because you can then always use ChatGPT to kind of like write your cover letter and explain like, this is how like I want to transition from my executive assistant role into doing something different. It's really hard to see the forest for the trees sometimes where it's like, you have all these skills and you don't even know how to describe them and you don't really know how to explain what you do. And it can make the job hunt even more complicated when you don't really know what you're looking for, you know, what your past experience really lends well to. And this is another reason why I step back on my soapbox and say, this is why we need admin departments because nobody in the business is looking at the admins and going, how can we career progress these? How can we take these people who are pretty much generalists that can do anything in the business and progress them into other roles instead of having to look at outside. You've got someone right there that's qualified that is able to step into kind of roles like this. For example, there's one that I know of in Australia that has an admin department. They report into an admin. So this admin is focused on making sure that they have career progression, making sure that their L&D budget is used, making sure that this admin feels like their career is, is elevated. And I think unless you have that buy-in from someone, your executive usually, no one's going to push your career. No one's going to be like, hey, have you ever thought about doing this? The onus is on you to find these opportunities. Very rare that you'll find someone that like is going to pluck you out and, you know, hone you and teach you to be like really professional. Like you need to like be seeking these people out because otherwise like you're just kind of floating in the ether and no, there's no guide for this. There's no like real instruction on like, how to progress your career, how to shift your career. If like you find that you're not really happy with what you're doing, it can be really, really difficult. So take whatever sponsor you can find. And look at secondments. Like you don't have to make a big commitment. You can say, hey, I want to be seconded to the marketing area for three months. Can we backfill my job? This must be an Australian thing. What are you saying? Oh, really? So you can be seconded out of your role and you go and work in another department for three months and they put someone else in your role for three months. Americans, I hope you're listening right now. This is what happens when you have workers' rights. You get to do really cool things. It's amazing. It's really amazing. All these opportunities. Yeah, you could basically be like, hey, I want to trial marketing. 
they've got a position or they'll create one if it's like if it's something in there there's a project that you can do okay we're doing a in media if we were doing like a I forget what it's called but basically like we brought in all the channels to be able to see all of our content and then they kind of do a big showcase of it and then they buy different content but it's like this full two or three day event it's got celebrities it's got catering it's got like there's so much to it that if you were looking at wanting to say get into events that you would second yourself for that project and then you can come back into your role so you don't lose out on money you don't lose out on benefits you don't lose out on anything but you get to trial something to say hey I may want to go into the events industry I may want to do this but I don't know and I won't know until I get to try it and if you have a good boss and you have a good company, they have those kind of and create those kind of opportunities for you so that you can do that. Because why would you not want to hire within and grow people and, and have people so happy about their career in your company? And they're going out to their communities and saying, it's amazing. I got to do this and now I'm doing this. Like, And as you can see, we talk about it like in forums, all these virtual summits that you see, everything like everyone talks, everyone says, hey, this is what I'm doing, or this is how I got to do this. It's not a secret. And if you ever look at someone and go, well, how did you make that jump? Ask them, they'll tell you. There's no secrets in this. We're all like, spread the news, tell everyone. Like, There's no, absolutely no shame in trialing something new. As we said last episode, your career is not set in stone. You can absolutely chop and change as you feel. You could always come back to admin. Admin's never going away. We will always be here for you. So if you want to try a different title, go for it. If you want to have that discussion with your manager about changing your title, there's ways of doing that as well. And, you know, as just said, it's ask ChatGPT, hey, my manager is this type of personality. They don't quite like this. I do this. How would I go about having a discussion on this? And it'll drop you points. So you can literally have a little go-to guide because Sometimes it's scary and you get completely off focus. Like they'll say something else and all of a sudden you're talking about water bottles instead of what you were there to talk about. This brings you right back to be able to go, okay, I was at point three. Okay, so this is why I want to do it. This is what I feel my experience is. Sounds like we're obsessed with ChatGPT, but it's really, really good. And it's free. Yeah, well, so I have the plugins. So if you have ChatGPT4 and I have access to those. Today, I was using the AI PDF reader and I was using the World Administrator Alliance, their global skills matrix. And I was analyzing job descriptions on LinkedIn to see if what they were asking for in the role aligned with like their pay basically of just like having the AI reader like read this PDF and say like, you know, does this align with like a level two or does this align with level three or like whatever. You can like ask questions of the PDF. So that was really cool. And so, yeah, I would, if you have access to that, I would use my job description and ask, you know, where am I falling in and like the job skills matrix. And then you can kind of understand a little bit better of like what you should be getting paid or maybe you do deserve a job title change. It's a great tool. What can I say? A little plug there for the World Alliance. You should be getting Jess to be doing these kind of things for you <laughs> because that is time consuming. So if AI can do that for you and read through those documents and make analysis for you, why wouldn't you take that up? Like they went to the effort of making the document. If you can use AI to break it down for what you want of it, get amongst it. And it is a great document. The reason why I don't promote it all the time. I do promote it with a lot of people like in the UK and stuff. But in Australia, we have so many different bands and 
reasons why they can't pay you more. Government have stupid names. Education have stupid names. Bands, this, that. Like, it's just like, can we all just like get on one page that we don't need to be in these things? We need to be paid as workers, not as, oh, you're a secretary band. No, no, we're not secretary bands. We're not secretaries anymore. I was just thinking about this the other day. Is like, I've seen a lot of, I'm not a lot of companies, but I've seen some companies that literally everyone is paid the same amount and they have profit sharing. And it's just kind of like the CEO doesn't make, you know, 10 times the like lowest level employee. Like it was kind of crazy to think, but yeah. Who was this? Startups. It's not tech, actually. It's a clothing company. But yeah, like everybody's paid like 70000 a year. They live in California. Yeah, everybody's paid the same amount. And I think there is really an interesting conversation there in terms of limiting CEO pay to, you know, not be so much more than like what like an executive assistant works, for example, or anybody like who's lower paid in the organization. Yeah, that's a whole socialist rant that we're, no, we're not ready to have. But we have a guy here in Australia who is the head of Qantas Airlines. His name is Alan Joyce, and he has been there as the CEO for a very long time. And he did a thing called Senate hearings where the Senate gets to ask questions about it. I saw it on the news yesterday and they just pummeled him. They were just like, how do you feel like being able to have his bonus was something like, I won't say a billion, but let's think just under it. Like it was so much money. More money than we can possibly fathom. It was just so much money. And he was like, well, I haven't taken a bonus. I've kept the money into the airline so that, and it's like, but now you're taking it. It was just so much money. It was just so much money. So out of touch. The grocery store owners are reporting like million billion dollar profits, like record breaking profits. And meanwhile, people are starving. Like it's very much like it's giving French Revolution. Like it's giving let them eat cake. Not a good sign for the world. And I think this Senate hearing wasn't even about Qantas. I think it was about how it's not affordable to live in Australia right now. That the airlines are double the price that they were post-COVID, yet they had a profit of over a billion dollars. And it's just like, I guess that he was there, as I said, I only saw a snippet of it, but I guess he was there to justify it or I don't know. But yeah, when they got to his salary, I was just like, (laughs) it's wild. It's wild when someone sits at a desk and has an EA, has two, and can be paid not close to a billion, but so many millions of dollars. And then their EA would be paid, you know, maybe if she was lucky, she's been there a very long time. Let's give her a bump. Let's say like 250,000. Like, yeah, that's very generous. That's very, very generous, but she's been there a very long time. So that's why I want to say, let's say that. But yeah, I just can't imagine. And this is kind of, you know, we, as we said about this last episode about how the CEO is constantly saying, I need an extra brain or, you know, you're doing the work for them and then they're presenting the work. And then you look at the pay disparity, you're just like, oh, sometimes very hard to swallow when you're, you're seeing your work. And I know you're being paid to do that, but it's very hard pill to swallow when you're seeing your work in a board report and they're all giving each other a pat on the back. And it's like, Personally, I've never had that experience. A girlfriend of mine did, and she was just like, I just watched them clapping, giving each other a pat on the back of my work. I was like, say something. She's not like me. I I would be in there being like, did you like my work? (laughs) 
My version of it was like planning like these amazing company offsites and then everybody thanking the CEO. And it was like, do you think he did this? Do you think there's any part of what I just did that he did? No, absolutely not. That was always one where like at NBC, they had incredible offsites. Like I will say that they would be like, oh my God, an amazing event. And you could see the event team just being like pointing at themselves, being like, who do you think did this? Like it was us. But it's like, yeah, but they provided the budget. It's like, well, no, the company did. But anyway, back to being on the titles. Are you offended if people call you an assistant? Do you like being called an assistant? There's training companies and there's books and there's things that is all about being an assistant. So, you know, clearly it's still a main title for an administrator. I don't think it's going to go away anytime soon. Do you feel it should? Do you feel we should move on from the role, the title assistant? Do you think we should now be? No, because like I said, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I don't think there's anything wrong with being an assistant. And I think they really like it boils down to like look inside yourself and decide like, do I feel like I'm getting the respect that I deserve? And honestly, like a title isn't going to fix that regardless. I do think that like when you're negotiating new packages, for example, you can always have, you know, see if you can like tweak the job description a little bit to kind of give a higher level sound if you want. Because I do think that there's some weight to it. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with being called an assistant. I would never be bothered by being called an assistant because I don't mind it. I'm not either. When I kind of introduce myself to people, I, in admin avenues, because I always want to capture everyone in admin, I always refer to it as admin professionals. But for myself, I say I am a career executive assistant. Like I use the title executive assistant because that was my title most of my career. So that's what I wear as that's what I did. That's what I am. But yeah, we want to hear your thoughts and feedback. Are you happy? being called an assistant? Are you happy with your job title? Have you changed the job title yourself because you're not happy with it? I mean, I am going to say this though, because in case some of you write in and you say things like ninja, silly title names, and I know you think it's fun, but it's not. This is what's holding you back with salary. This is what's holding everyone back with salary. If you're called a, a ninja or a Silly words like that, please put some respect in your check and get the proper title. You can call yourself that, you know, within the office, but on your signature, like be respected for the admin professional that you are. But yeah, we'd love to hear your feedback on what you think. Where do you think this profession and the title and the way that it's going to be is going to be like, you know, we've said our piece, you let us know. Uh, There's more of you out there than us. So we want to hear your feedback. And also we want you to send in your horror stories of what you've been asked to do as an assistant because on our last step of this series, we're going to read them out. So we're going to read out the stories of what you've been asked to do, what creepy uncle type people have come and given you a massage, things. (laughs) If you're on YouTube, you can see Jess's face. (laughs) But we want to hear your stories of what's happened. And it doesn't always have to be horror stories. It can just be hilarious stories like, you know, the far reach of what you've had to do or the the ridiculousness of I've read one of them and they were like, you know, I was responsible for remembering both the girlfriend and the wife's birthday and making sure that the flowers were correct for each one. Like one one wanted roses, one wanted lilies. And I was just like, oh, well done. But this is, you know, kind of half the fun of it, right? That we can share these stories and be able to say, hey, you're not alone. We've all been asked to do these crazy things. But um, yes, we'll put the link for that 
it's just a little form, like a submission form of details. You can remain anonymous. It's just going to be a little bit of a laugh to be able to say, look at how crazy our job is. Look at how crazy it is to be an admin professional, even in this day and age. But a lot of them have been, I think, from further away where it was actually, they were allowed to ask some of those things. I think nowadays you're not allowed to ask a bunch of these kind of things, but we'd love to hear your stories. So that's ep eight done. We've got two more for this season and then we're heading into summer and North America's heading into winter. So you've got our socials, Future Focus Admin on Instagram. Give us a like, come say hello, drop us a DM. We always like interacting with everyone. And Jessica is a tech savvy assistant. My business is Admin Admin News. So come and say hello. Thank you very much for listening and um, have a good day. This episode is sponsored by the Admin Collective. The Admin Collective serves as an international community for members of the administrative profession. With a focus on both professional and personal growth, it champions the advancement of administrative professionals across the globe. Its diverse membership spans multiple continents with representatives hailing from countries including the UK, Europe, USA, South Africa, Canada, New Zealand, Australia, and more. Come and join us over at theadmincollective.com.au.